This is Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. This is the Sheer, or the show for the week, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. This is one of the few podcasts that we do. We actually run five different podcasts with different messages and different ideas in the forum. The Tani Talks Radio is a live show for about 40, 45 minutes. Nowadays, it used to be an hour. It used to be called Tani Talks Live. That's on Monday nights at 8.30 to be listened to on Sheer Enjoyment Radio app on the Google Play Store, Apple App Store, the JRoot Radio or Naki Radio on our channel, Sheer Enjoyment Radio channel or the JRoot channel. You could also listen to us at 520-453-8302, 520-453-8302. You could also... Email us at sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com, sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com. But that's only one of our shows. We have the Tani Talks Daf show throughout the weekdays. We talk about the Daf in a few minutes a day, where we talk a Daf lesson a day in a few minutes away on all podcast forums. Of course, you could hear that day fresh on the WhatsApp group, the Tani Talks Podcast WhatsApp group. You want to be joined? You can email me at maximumtee at yahoo.com. We also have Tani Talks Parsha that comes out once a week where we talk five to ten minutes of practical lesson based on the Parsha. Also on podcast, all podcast forums, you can listen to Tani Talks Pirkei Elvis, where we do weekdays, one Mishnah a day about Pirkei Elvis, my favorite safer. About five to ten minutes about a Mishnah per day with some practical lessons and sagely commentary. And there's also Tani Talks OT. Tani Talks Occupational Therapist, I'm an OT by trade, talking some topics, tips, suggestions, and the like from my own life. Five to ten minutes as well, hopefully to uplift your life. Those are the Tani Talks podcast, besides for this radio show. And we're able to hopefully get those audio bursts to you. If you want to join the group, feel free, where we share that throughout the week. And here we are on Tani Talks Radio. Now we've come to actually my favorite holiday of the entire year. Of all the holidays of the whole year, Jewish holidays and non-Jewish holidays, Hanukkah by far trumps it hands down. I find Hanukkah the best holiday of the whole year. God willing, I love Hanukkah so much that we're going to do it in two parts. We're going to talk about lighting up the Hanukkah holiday this week and talking about some meaning behind it next week, bringing back some of the ideas from the Tani Talks Live show in the previous years. Wonderful stories, comments, and the like that we talked about in the past that's always good to rehash and to review and to talk about and to share with everybody. Again, I apologize. My co-host is not so happy these days. Anyway, when we talk about Hanukkah, we talk about a wonderful, wonderful holiday where we light the lights and we try to light up the night. As the night becomes longer, as the day becomes shorter, as the days become colder, it's easy to lose yourself in the, the drudgery that feels that when Winter. The, the winter came upon us so fast this year. I keep joking to all the parents that pick up. It feels like we didn't even have a fall this year. I feel like we had three fall days, maybe three days that were really nice fall weather. We watch all these all these ads and whatnot for perfect fall weather with a pumpkin spice latte and whatnot, and it's not even nice enough. It's not even nice enough weather to enjoy it. The best weather is when you just have to wear a sweatshirt or a sweater or a long sleeve shirt, a very light jacket. Didn't have that this year. It felt like it went to winter overnight. So as we come to the cold, cold nights, we come to the 
time of the year where it feels very dark, it feels very cold, it's easy to feel that there's a loss of hope. Hanukkah is supposed to come and uplift the night, uplift the days, and uplift the dreariness that feels the winter where it's so cold and it feels so difficult to feel that inspiration, to feel that warmth in the nights. The the Hanukkah candles are lit by our windows and when you walk around and you see different houses, different stores, and different things that have the candles lighting up, it brings warmth to the night, it brings warmth to the days. And the question is, how can we light up our nights? How can we light up ourselves and our days? How can we bring Hanukkah to us that it could be a flame, making the holiday a flame within us and around us? The holiday itself, for many people, it's overarching and it's underrated and it's underutilized and I feel like it's underappreciated, unfortunately. I wish everybody loved Hanukkah as much as I do. My wife finds it a little difficult because there's like a thousand programs she's supposed to do for her students, so it's very stressful and anxiety-provoking for that. Other people find it difficult because you have to give a thousand presents, you know, one per day. This year, actually going a different way, trying not to do too many presents. I actually found some presents that all the kids hopefully can open and share and enjoy, and we'll see how that goes. And last year, we tried going about it, doing crafts instead, and my wife has all these great ideas also for Hanukkah. For some people, it's, it's really stressful because they think about the materialistic aspects. I have to get this present for this person and this present for each kid. Each kid needs eight presents for eight nights. When you get bogged down in the details and the minutia of it, of the materialism, is that, yeah, we're going to lose the spirituality of it. But if you focus on the aspects of what it represents, how awesome it is, how great it is, how cool it is, it really becomes the best holiday of the year. You don't have to fast on the like the fast days. You don't have to change over your house from chametz like Pesach. You don't have to set up a sukkah like sukkah. You don't have to eat fully dairy, only dairy, or stay up at night for those who are able to for Shavuos. And you don't have to dress up. If you want, you can. But you don't have to dress up. You don't have to do too much. But it's a wonderful holiday, and it and it has the flames. I find the flames so pure, so beautiful, and so a flame to be able to make the surroundings so beautiful. We're able to share that with with others. I find the best Shabbos of the whole year in our house is actually Shabbos Hanukkah. When you have the Shabbos candlelights versus the Hanukkah lights, I think it's beautiful to have both elements together. When there are two Shabbos Hanukkahs, how much more awesome is that? doesn't happen too often, sometimes though. And when we come to looking at it, if we could focus on the cool aspects of it, the wonderful aspects of it, we could really uplift our Hanukkahs and make it a flame. Many years ago, I started to, to bring out the guitar, I think even before, our first kid came or maybe maybe when he did come but we used to bring out the guitar you know we have the the acoustic guitar and we're able to to play the songs of Ma'od Sora and I had a little dreidel and whatever other songs I can remember at the time being but if we could bring the spiritual aspects not worry about the material aspects it could really uplift the holiday it could uplift the day a couple of years ago we also started decorating I don't decorate for any holiday throughout the year except for Hanukkah because I love Hanukkah so I got all these decorations didn't know how to do it over the years, finally figured out to tape it to the inside of the door, facing outwards so that we don't destroy the decorations and destroy the door at the same time. I don't go too crazy. I used to decorate the walls, but now I realize it's really destroying the walls and the tape and whatnot. Too difficult to get down. Maybe the front window, maybe the front door are the two major aspects to decorate. But if you get into the holiday and you get your kids into the holiday, they can look forward to it the whole year. You know, there are people in secular culture, they decorate from... 
the beginning of the fall through the winter. They decorate for like fall with pumpkins, on, and then they decorate for the October one, and they decorate for the December one, and that's it. But oftentimes, a lot of us don't decorate ourselves, and why not? I love the fact that in our town, there is a, a house that has a tremendous, tremendous Hanukkah display. He actually has even an inflated mensch on a bench. I see huge dreidels. I, I drive by it every day after we drop off, and there are presents blown up, and there's like a huge, like a dreidel we said blown up. They mentioned the bench. I can't remember other ones, but he has a lot of cool things, and it's nice to see a plethora of Jewish decorations, because in general, we don't see that. We just see other types of decorations throughout the years. Yes, here and there, the doctor's office and elsewhere, I'll see a menorah sometimes, a present sometimes, and some candles, but there's not really much other decorations, even though there's much more aspects than just one dreidel or one menorah. You could decorate with the Sufgania idea. You could decorate with the gifts idea, with the menorah idea, with the olive oil. And if you incorporate the foods also into the holiday, you incorporate the awesome aspects of thinking about the oil. You know, one of the miracles, God willing, we'll talk about a little later and next week, hopefully, the idea of, of the oil. They found the jar of oil. There was no oil. The the, the temple, the base of was overrun with impurity. They couldn't find any pure oil except for one tiny flask with the seal of the great priest of the high priest, the Kohen Gadom, and that was a joyous occasion. They were able to light. They thought it would light for one night, but it lasted for eight nights. The question is, why do we do eight nights if it was supposed to light for one night anyway? One of the answers is that the fact that it burns to begin with is a miracle. Besides the fact that it burned for seven more nights, the fact that it burns to begin with itself is miraculous that God allows that. So we really celebrate all eight nights. The fact that anything burns for Shabbos, for holidays, is miraculous. In fact, there's a story in the Gemara where a rabbi didn't have any oil to light, and his daughter was trying to light. She didn't know what to do, and she mistakenly put vinegar in the candles. I think it might be from Gemara Shabbos, maybe, and in fact, Hashem made a miracle that it actually burned, and she turns to the to the father before knowing what will happen, and the father says, the one that said that oil will burn will let vinegar burn, and vinegar actually burned as well, and that's what happened, because in general, anything that's lit, anything that's burning, Hashem allows it to be miraculous, allows it to be a miracle. We should focus on the aspect, the idea that everything that's going on is miraculous. We focus on the fact that Hashem did great miracles for us, private miracles and public miracles. The fact that the the Jews were overrun and they were outnumbered a lot, a lot to one. I don't even remember the, the exact ratio, but I think they had 300 warriors, 300 soldiers to thousands of Greek soldiers at the time. That was a huge miracle that Hashem allowed them to win. And that was what happened for them for one of them. The other aspect was the, the oil itself. And we always focus on, on one or the other, but there are two wonderful miracles to think about. If we can incorporate the spirit shadow, we can make our Hanukkah lit up also. Look at the dreidel itself. The dreidel game also is so cool. You could do all different aspects. I, 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 I see this school, my kids' school also started playing Hanukkah music, getting them into the mode, getting them into the, idea to focus on the holiday, getting excited about the holiday. I don't think we play Pesach music or, or maybe Purim music a little bit, but I'm pretty sure this is one of the only holidays that literally walking into the school, I heard some Hanukkah music and I thought that was great. You think about the dreidel too. I actually got a couple of dreidels this year, saw a nice pack. They got, the kids like to play the dreidel. What do the letters stand for? Neskadol Hayasham. And in Israel, Neskadol Hayapo. The, the great miracle happened there for those of us in Chutzlars outside of Israel. Neskadol Hayapo. For those of, of you who are Zoha to live in Israel, it happened in Israel. Those four letters show and symbolize that there was a great miracle. When they play, when they play the, the dreidel, 
and when they play it, they can understand what's going on 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 the actual dreidel, the, understand what's going on with the actual miracle, and they could play it not just for money, not just to get guilt, but to understand that there's a great aspect, there's a great miracle behind it. There's a great aspect of what happened there. The idea of presence could be if we figure out that Hashem gave us life as a present, that He's a, a period of renewal, and He gave us the fact that we're able to have the presence of life, and we give presence and understand that we are present, pun intended, how we all can go together to understand one another, to be involved in the miracle, to be involved in in the in the holiday. There's actually a wonderful shear that I try to listen to, Blee Nedder. In general, on week, on uh, every year as this time comes, I try to listen to the idea of of Rabbi Kellerman. Rabbi Lawrence Kellerman has a beautiful shear called "What is uh, What is Xmas? What is the idea? What is the significance of Xmas?" And he goes through the whole aspect of how the whole thing doesn't really make any sense, and it's a beautiful shear to listen to to really put into perspective what other people celebrate. And what we celebrate, it's on simpletoremember.com, the real story behind Xmas. The question becomes, though, how do we turn the cold time of year into the holiday and from the dark, cold nights into the light and the warmth that we're hoping will happen with Hanukkah? People go crazy for other things. They have one holiday, two holidays, the whole fall and winter season. We get eight nights, eight wonderful nights. There should be the ability to, to be able to brighten up our Hanukkah, to make it a flame, to make it stay the, the Hanukkah on fire for our lives from our things. And there's actually two examples that I talked about in the past that I think bears witness to how cool it is that you could really bring Hanukkah to life. One person is from Houston. Listen to this story from clicktohouston.com. Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday, a wonderful holiday, celebrates the miracles of when just a day's supply of oil kept a menorah in the rededicated temple in Yerushalayim lit for eight days. Jewish families celebrate the first night of Hanukkah by lighting the menorah, eating traditional latkes and gelt, anything basically fried in oil, even the soup gun which is my favorite, playing games like spinning the dreidel in a year. And in the past years, especially in the pandemic, there were many dark moments. There is one house that really brings a special light. There's a, Han- a Hanukkah house in Maryland that brings a special light display that brightens the day. Philip Grossman is the man behind the lights, especially over there in Houston. He put up this display for 13 years. 13 years he's been doing this display. His wife Dana and three kids, Sophie, Matthew, and Ellie, do their help in putting up some of the lights. But really, he's the one that takes care to make sure everything is perfectly placed. At the end of the day, he puts it up each year for all the kids. If you're over there, if you happen to live in Maryland and you're listening to we're happy to tell you it's on the 5100 block of Carew Street. But how cool is that in that town, in that country, in that county? He's the only person being able to make a huge, huge display. And it's so unique because it's so unheard of. Unfortunately, you see thousands of lights for different holidays, but only one person had the wherewithal to make a huge display over there in Houston. Chicago also has an interesting one. ABC7Chicago.com points out, every year you'll see thousands of Xmas lights, events, and decorations on neighbors' homes, even displays at work. One person was involved. One person wanted to make sure in there as well there is a, a beautiful inflatable wooden dreidels gelt, and in the place in Houston, they have that as well. And the two different stories actually focusing on the same family, same house, but both papers carried it over to be able to do that. It's nice to hear that there is a Hanukkah house out there, and it's nice to hear that in our town there is that Hanukkah house too. The mansion I bench, by the way, is the Jewish version of the Elf on a Shelf. 
And I, I like that they have a blow-up version. I did not know they have that. And it's over there. Hanukkah can be the the fact where we where we can think about how how much one candle can do. You know, lahavdil lahavdil. If you've ever been to Yad Vashem, I was there once a long, long time ago. I believe as students in seminary in Israel and yeshiva, they took us there. I believe, and there is a room where there is one candle and many, many, many mirrors to to try to show that there are six million reflections commemorating, obviously, the six thousand. Jews who were taken from us, from Yamach Shemam, from all those people. But the idea is that there's one candle, and otherwise it's a very, very dark room. I don't think there's any overhead lighting, if I remember correctly, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of mirrors, because one candle can banish the darkness. And Lahabdal, from a very sad example over there in Yad Vashem, in Israel, in Yerushalayim, when we think about it in Hanukkah, even if you have a very dark room, the Gemara talks about Rabbi Akiva was in the forest. He had nothing with him. He had one candle. But even if you have one candle, one soul, one idea, one element, it could really banish the darkness, especially because, especially when we're in the the time of the cold aspects of the year, when we're thinking about how it's dark and it's dreary and it's brutally, brutally cold, that one candle can be the saving grace. That one candle can really bring light to a very, very dark place. Rabbi Kiva literally was in the forest. The Gemara talks about he had a rooster, he had a, a donkey or a horse. He had one candle and that's it. And the story ended up being that he lost everything and it saved his life because bandits were there. But the one candle can banish the darkness. When we have the candle, we take the Hanukkah candle, it reminds us to be the ability to be persistent even in darkness, to make the light of the world a better place, brighter, even when all of us even when a lot of things seem dark, a lot of things seem depressing. The lights can also bring serenity and peace. It can remind us of the burning candles in our hearts, Kiner Mitzvah of the Torah, or the Pasuk goes, the Mitzvahs are our candles, the Torah is our light. As well as the Pasiner Hashem Nishmas Adam Chofesh Kolchad Rivatan, one of my Pesukim I actually say every day, which shows that the candle of Hashem is within us and protecting us around every single day. Because these lights on Hanukkah can remind us to make ourselves a flame, to make our lives a flame, and to make the holiday a flame. It's a really happy holiday, a really happy time, and it's not as stressful in some ways, I believe, as other holidays. I find Purim actually a very stressful holiday. You gotta get all that Shalchman out. You gotta make sure you hear the Megillah. Make it to Shul. You gotta make sure you get the Su'uda. And make sure, you know, everyone's outfits are on or not. And everyone's trying to be in the theme, especially if you want to coordinate your Shalchmanos with your theme, with the, with the things. And if the kids are not participating, they don't like it. It's a very difficult, stressful thing. Hanukkah, you don't need any of that. You just gotta light the candles and enjoy the day. Just be happy and, Make sure you have that guilt, you have that yummy food, and you have that yummy times. We even think about in the modem and the and the special, not the modem. We think about the special alanisim. What are we thinking? We're talking about the miracles, of redemption, the mighty deeds for the saving acts, the wonders that Hashem did for our ancestors in those days. When Matis Yahu, the son of Yochanan, the high priest, the Hashem and his sons, when the wicked government rose up against our people to make them forget Torah, violate the decrees, Hashem allowed us. God allowed us to stand up in distress, to wage our battles, defend our rights, avenge the wrong done to them, gave them. My 
mighty in the hands of the weak, the many into the hands of the few, the impure into the hands of the pure, the wicked into the hands of the righteous, and the sinners of those who occupy in Torah made a great and holy name, effected a great deliverance and redemption for your people to this day. Children entered your house with the with the, and kindled the lights with that one pure flask, and it lasted for eight days. Hashem was with us in the fight, in the history, and which and is with and is with us every day until now. So we shouldn't hide the holiday. We should be proud of the holiday. We should decorate the house. We should decorate our lives and souls, and we should go around singing and happy that we're involved in such a wonderful holiday. That's another way to make the holiday a flame, to make Hanukkah on fire, and to lighten up and brighten up the holiday. They searched and they searched. They found only one cruise of oil that was able to be used with the seal of the Kohen Gadol. The Gemara and Shabbos points out the miracle occurred, and not only did it light for one day, which of course is miraculous to begin with, but really that it lit for eight days. And you know, we talk about the brachas that Hashem made the commandment for us to light the Hanukkah lights. And I love the tunes, by the way, involved. I find those tunes very uh, soothing, and they bring to mind the fact that Hanukkah's back. A lot of times when I'm benching, by the way, with the kids, they wonder why we're using the Hanukkah tunes, but if you never realize, they're actually very similar. The bracha that starts off Hazan HaSakol and the, the brachos for Hanukkah are actually very similar. I wonder if it was the same person who made both, but... In general, we think about the miracles, the deliverances that Hashem did for us, and the and the element. If you just focus on Al, on, on Ma'od Sor itself, by the way, besides for it being a beautiful song, I love the tune. And when you use a when we use the guitar, it brings it to life. But talks about how Hashem saved us and helped us throughout the years. Hashem was involved in it, taking care of us and how we're grateful and how He took us from Egypt and took us throughout all our our enemies and vanquished all our enemies all the way to the fact that we're hoping that the last of the enemies will be vanquished and that we will have the true salvation speedily in our days we hope that it will be that that comes very soon but Hanukkah is really a time of wonderful miracles and if we focus on that and we focus on the joyous occasions we can make the whole holiday feel a flame we can make the whole holiday feel on fire we could be on fire to be involved in the the actual holiday itself and if we do games and we involve it in, in the holiday with with meaning and with purpose and with joyousness and with fun and with different activities thinking outside the box it could be very cool you know we are able to bring things to life and and you could camp out things you could pretend to have a bonfire you can make a tent you could put stars on the on the wall you could stars on the ceiling you could pretend that you're you're camping out you could do different things with the kids and you play dreidel under the fort inside the fort you can make a makeshift fort and of course you could play the dreidel Game. The Dreidel Sivivon game, as H.com points out. Learn how to play and understand the meaning behind the Dreidel symbols. Each player starts off with an equal number of coins or nuts or gelt, you know, chocolate gelt or M&Ms or stones or mancala pieces, whatever you wish to use. Each player takes turns spinning the Dreidel. If it lands on Nun, the player receives nothing. Nada. Nun. Next player spins. The hay, the player takes half the pot. The gimel, the player takes the entire pot. The shin, the player puts one piece into the pot. Each time the pot is emptied out, each player puts in a piece of coin and other candy, and the game continues. There are easy ways to be involved, especially with this kind of a thing. And there are also different ways to make sure that, that you can get the kids involved and get yourself involved to make sure that your Hanukkah is on fire, that the soul feels a flame, and that you're really enjoying and participating in this holiday as much as I like it. I find the eight days go way too fast. 
although it's nice to have eight days as opposed to different ones. You can think about how each kid can have their own menorah. We started doing this a couple of years ago. I got two train menorahs for the boys, and hopefully the maybe the girl can use the, the, the little plastic uh, silver one. If each one has a menorah, they're very proud of lighting the menorah with the parents, safety first, with the parents that they have or they make themselves. And they could be simply or they could be creatively. During one of the last times when the room is bright with the Hanukkah lights, you could take a family photograph. It's a beautiful thing to see how wonderful the, the flames are and how great it is to have all of these menorahs. And then as they're all grown up, you can see everyone's menorahs together. Also, it's good to be here now. The different tips from H.com. Be here now. Take plenty of time after lighting the candles to enjoy being with the family. Put down the phones and just be present in the moment. Sing Hanukkah songs with the Maltzor, especially with guitar. And any other songs you enjoy, stay unplugged from your smartphones while the candles are burning. Make sure to savor the special time together when you're sung everything you feel like singing. Bring on the gifts if you decide to do that or bring on the crafts if you decide to do that, or bring on the night activity, whatever you decide to do. Dig into those hot lockers or whatever you're making. And Sufganiyo, talk up the miracles as well. Hanukkah means dedication and education. So retell the story of the great Hanukkah miracles, both hidden and open. You could buy a Hanukkah or Judaica-themed book for your children each year. You can build a nice holiday book collection, or reserving them for the Hanukkah makes them seem anew again for the kids. For older children and adults, set a challenge for everyone to find a new Hanukkah insight to share. Every year there are new things to learn. Let the parents rest. Part of the Hanukkah victory is credit is credited to Yehudis, a daughter of Yochanan, the high priest and father of the Hashman family. During the time of the Meccan revolt, Yehudit bravely and cleverly earned the trust of the general named Holofernes, convincing him to bring him valuable information that helped him defeat the Jewish uprising. Instead, she actually took care to make sure that she took care of him and in basically killed him in deference to the heroism of her it's custom for especially the moms especially the wives not to work not to do anything while the candles are burning it's a challenge for many people are not used to this but in general it's good to sit and to be present as well in any case let the games begin you should know that this year there's a really cool idea i found from anucha publishers the jewish craft box the jewish book box and the jewish cook box there's very cool things we're trying out playing under the jewish craft box and hopefully all the kids can do it together. But it's a cool thing to do. Not only, not always does it have to be a present, does it have to be a gift. Sometimes it could be a game and sometimes it could be a craft. Along with the traditional dreidel game, make up your own Hanukkah theme. Word searches, bingo, quizzes, and other games that are a fun way to involve all the family members as well as any guests you might have at your Hanukkah party. Did you know that the dreidel traces its lineage all the way back to the time of the Syrian Greek rule over Israel since the Torah study had been a crime, quote-unquote, punishable by death, the Jewish children hid in caves in order to study. When Greeks would approach to see what they were up to, out came the spinning tops, which the children pretended they were engrossed in playing. And there are many different activities you could do, including coloring pages and crafts or art activities, and H.com is a wonderful selection as well. And besides for the fact that there is the, the Hanukkah gelt, and it's not just the coins, you can think about how... You can give to others, even though guilt reminds us of the idea that Hashem gives to us and Hashem takes care of us. What can we give to others? What can we do to do tzedakah? What can we do to help others to be involved in chesed? What can we do to try to donate and to do for others? And what can we do to give to those around us? What can we do to give to those around us? It's always good to remember that. Give thanks. Modern day Maccabees. Many families have the custom of taking one and having everyone express what they feel grateful for spiritually and mentally. 
feeling gratitude and expressing it or defining Jewish qualities, what better time to do them on the holiday that means dedication. Another angle to the theme, since Hanukkah celebrates the Jewish affirmation of other spiritual values and a refusal to buckle, to even harsh pressure to assimilate, you could discuss ways that you found to stand up for the Jewish values when they have been challenged. You could also check out the neighborhood. If you live in a Jewish neighborhood and it's not utterly freezing, take a walk, enjoy the night of the dozens, if not hundreds of menorahs spreading their beautiful flickering lights in the windows up and down the streets. The menorahs meant to be lit at the entryway of the home or in the window, visible to the street to help publicize the miracle, yet there have been times when it was dangerous for Jews to do so. We who live in the lands of freedom can appreciate our ability to light our menorahs with pride and without fear, to delight in the sight of endless Hanukkah lights spreading their special glow. I actually do love seeing in my town, in our neighborhood, the, the menorahs that are aflame and bursting with the flames, bursting with the glow, bursting with the candles. So nice to see. So if you take your kids out, you take your family members out and they see the wonderful candles, they see the wonderful things out there. It's a wonderful thing to participate in. It's an easy way to set your Hanukkah on fire, to set your soul aflame, to set your kids' souls aflame. It's easy to be involved in that. We want to make sure that we could do that. You know, it is able to be doing that, so we want to make sure that we can have that in our lives as well. Chabad.org points out an interesting story from writer Mina Gordon. On one frosty morning in December, the children from Joshi's 10-year-old public school class were led to a bus and dropped off with their teachers in the busy downtown area of their city. The children looked in wonder at the crowds of shoppers passing by, the long lines of honking cars, excuse me while I consult my notes, impatiently waiting for pedestrians to finish crossing and the tall buildings blocking the winter sun. After making sure that every child was accounted for, the teachers led the group down the street. Their goal is to show the children the, the holiday season's displays and the intricately decorated shop windows. At most, uh, As most of the children oohed and odd, Joshi remained silent. He stood on the periphery, somehow knowing instinctively that he would not find anything familiar in those tinsel frame windows. The little group continued on their way, most of the children chattering excitedly. A teacher noticed that Joshi was uncharacteristic quiet and fell in step with him. Joshi, don't you like seeing the holiday decorations? Holiday, he repeated, looking confused. After a moment, he shook his head. No, not looking like my holiday. The teacher had no answer to give and walked silently alongside Joshi's heart going out to this little boy. The group turned a corner and found themselves at the edge of a large plaza. All eyes were drawn to the enormous fir tree decorated with hundreds of yards of tiny, shiny tinsel. All eyes, that is, except one pair. Little Joshi was looking a bit further to the right at the giant menorah. A smile lit up his face as he pointed to the familiar object and cried out, That's mine! When Joshi's father heard what happened on the excursion, he found a deep message in his son's words. He said, Today, there are many Jews who are religiously challenged and don't know much about their heritage. But when they see the public menorah, something within lights up with Jewish pride and they feel it knowing that's mine. We should realize the flames are ours. The Torah is ours. The ability to persist in our learning and influence of the Torah is ours. We have a major symbol, the menorah, as well as gelt and dreidels and Jewish stars that could decorate our homes, that could light up our Hanukkah, that could light up our soul, that could light up our life. We could easily have our Hanukkah on fire if we just find ways to make sure that it's lighting up our life, that it's lighting up our surroundings, that it's lighting up what we should have it light up in our lives. Now listen to this story from H.com. We have two stories from Nisan al-Safran on H.com. Hanukkah night 
might have been right around the corner. It might have been coming right around the corner, but Josh Feldman sure didn't feel it. What kind of Hanukkah could it be anyways when the gift he had been loving for constantly, the one he was sure he'd be getting, a cool top-of-the-line electric-powered road skimmer mini bike, wasn't going to happen. Well, well, he sighed. Whether or not he felt Hanukkah was coming, his teacher sure did, and assigned him and some of the other kids to bring in menorahs to display at the school's holiday crafts fair. The assignment's deadline was drawing near, and Josh realized he'd better get to work. Half-heartedly, Josh fished through his arts and crafts box to find some stuff to use. Let's see, maybe some shape, wooden spools, some glue, some colorful paint, some lacquer to finish it off. Yeah, that ought to do it, he thought. Josh sat down to work on his project, but it was hard to get into it. He couldn't help thinking about the gift he wasn't going to be getting. Every year, his parents would give him whatever present he wanted for Hanukkah. It was the highlight of his holiday. But this year, when he asked for the mini bike, his parents had told him they were sorry, would certainly get him a different gift they hoped he would like, but the mini bike was just too expensive. Josh understood, but budget or no budget, without getting a special gift this year, Hanukkah just wasn't going to be Hanukkah. As Josh started gluing the spools together to form eight candle holders, he began to feel more relaxed. He loved doing craft projects, and when they had a special meaning, he would really put his heart into it. Josh carefully glued the candle holders onto smooth wooden base in a straight line, and they painted each one a different rainbow color. Two hours later, as he brushed on the last stroke of liqueur, Josh sat back to look at his handiwork. Not bad at all, he thought with satisfaction. Ah, this is great. The next day, he took his creation wrapped in a paper bag onto the school bus and sat down in an empty seat. Soon, Barry Ellis, a kid from his class, sat down next to him. He was also holding a paper bag and a couple of shiny silver poles were sticking out from the type. Hey, you want to see my menorah project? Barry asked. Without waiting for an answer, he pulled out a big, gleaming, professional-looking menorah. Wow, you made that? Asked an astonished Josh. Sure did, answered Barry with a smile. It came in a kit. I just had to screw the pieces together. Where did you get it, Josh asked, sliding his own wrapped-up menorah behind him on the seat, hoping Barry wouldn't notice it. My mom bought it for me at the new fancy gift store downtown. She said it cost a fortune, but <laughs> she said that it was nothing compared to all the expensive presents she bought for me, including a new road skimmer. Hey, where's your menorah, Josh? Barry asked. The boy squirmed and cleared his throat a couple of times <clears throat> and took a big breath of relief. As the bus pulled into the school parking lot and Barry jumped out of his seat before he could answer, Josh shuffled into class and sat down. Okay, people, everyone, please turn in your projects for the fair, said their teacher, Mr. Frank. Josh cringed as he watched kid after kid turning in fancy store-bought kits, as nice as Barry's and some even nicer. The teacher placed each project in the special display case he had prepared as his kids looked on in pride. Josh felt terrible. Unlike Barry, he wasn't going to be getting the gift he wanted, and he felt embarrassed that he had brought in a dumb-looking handmade menorah that was nothing compared to the beautiful, expensive ones his friends had. When the bell rang, he tried to dash out of the classroom unnoticed. Oh, Josh! His teacher called out just before he slipped out the door. Could you come here for a minute, please? Josh stopped in his tracks. I don't believe I received your project, did I? Josh shook his head. Did you forget about the assignment? Josh shook his head again. Well, asked the teacher... Josh slowly lifted the bag he was holding. Well, I made something, but it's not very good. He started to unwrap it. I won't be upset if you don't display it. In fact, I'd prefer it if you... This is magnificent! Mr. Frank cut him off. Josh looked at him to see if he was joking, but the man looked serious. I can see you really put your heart and soul into this, didn't you? 
Josh didn't get it. But Mr. Frank, mine is so plain, and the other ones are so much nicer. The changer shook his head. The other ones might be fancier or cost more money, but yours is the one which best captures the spirit of Hanukkah. I don't understand. Hanukkah's main lesson is that we shouldn't get caught up in external things, but rather we should learn to see beyond them and realize something meaningful which is important, and not what looks nice or how much it costs. This is what our ancestors fought back, fought for back then, and this is what we celebrate now. A lot of people nowadays remember to give Hanukkah gifts, but forget to receive the special gift of understanding that Hanukkah has to give us. The boy nodded as his teacher continued. That's why your beautiful hand-painted menorah has much more meaning and Hanukkah spirit in it than your friends who just bought and snapped together a kit. And that's why I'm putting yours in the front and center of the display. Mr. Frank pushed a big shiny menorah aside and put Josh's in its place. Josh went to his next class, but all day the teacher's words about the spirit of Hanukkah had him flying and kept ringing in his ears. He thought about his parents. He thought about how much they loved and cared for him and how whatever gifts they would give him were only a way to show him that they cared. That was what was really important, not the gift itself. Josh smiled to himself. Mini bike or no mini bike, Hanukkah really was going to come this year after all, and Josh had a feeling it was going to be his best one yet. So we should be proud of the fact of Hanukkah. We should be aflame from the idea of Hanukkah. Our Hanukkah should be on fire when we think about the internal elements that are really important. Not the externals, not the materialism, not the trivialities, but the wonderful aspects of being with our spouses, being with our kids, lighting those lights and singing together, dancing together, being involved in the wonderful aspect that is Hanukkah, doing crafts together, hopefully doing cooking together, hopefully, and being joyously involved in the idea that is Hanukkah itself. There's another great story from Nisano Safran, also on H.com. Beads of sweat rolled off Gary's face as he strained his body to the max. Okay, push it, push it, Gary. Yeah, you did it, man. You pressed 100 pounds. He and his buddy Rob had been trying to make the best use of their winter break by working out every day in the local gym. The long, cold winter usually meant a lot of time indoors, and it was hard to exercise. So when the gym in town advertised a special two-week winter break package deal, the guys jumped at the chance to pump some iron. Gary was good and hungry after the early morning workout and didn't know what was taking Rob so long to get changed and head back to his place for breakfast. Finally, Gary's patience ran out. He went back into the locker room and got his answer. Rob was standing in front of the mirror, flexing his muscles. Hey, let's get going, Rob. If you spend any more time in front of that mirror, it's going to crack, he laughed. (laughs) Rob blushed for a second and then said, what's the problem? Don't you want to see how big your muscles look too? After all, isn't that the whole point of doing that record-breaking bench press of yours? That's not what I do it for, Gary replied, shaking his head. I didn't spend the last 45 minutes sweating bullets just to be able to stand in front of a mirror and admire myself. Rob clicked his tongue as he flexed his bicep. Of course, it's not only for us. Rob explained, all the kids back at school are going to be really impressed too when they see how great we look, and that's not what I meant. Didn't you pay attention to the Hanukkah story we learned about on the last day of school? How the Jewish ways use our physical strength and our looks for something worthwhile. And what could be more worthwhile, what could be more worthwhile than looking good, quip Rob? Anyway, don't be a hypocrite. You work out as much as I do, and if anything, your biceps are much bigger than mine. That's just the point. It's fine to get physical, but for a purpose. Hanukkah teaches us that everything physical, everything we have, including our bodies, are all just packages for our souls. They're tools God gave us to use properly for something really worthwhile, not just to admire 
Rob, who had by now put his arms down and turned from the mirror, looked confused. Gary went on, For instance, do you know why I work out? I do it to keep healthy and have more energy to concentrate in school. I also do it so I can really be some help around the house, like shoveling our driveway instead of my dad, who had an operation a couple months ago. The big muscles are just the package that let me do that. Rob wasn't convinced. That's great. But I still say when it comes to looking good, it's the outside package that counts. The guys packed up their stuff and headed back to Gary's place when his mom had set out some bowls of milk and several boxes of cereal for the hungry athletes. Gary picked up a bright, colorful box and began to pour it into Rob's bowl. Whoa, I'll take some of that other stuff you don't mind. It tastes much better. But to Rob's surprise, Gary hid the second box behind his back and went past it to him. Hey, come on, man. Let me have that other cereal. What do you want that for, Gary said with a smile. It's such a plain box. This cereal here is a much nicer looking package and that's what counts, right? Despite himself, Rob couldn't help laughing or getting the point either. After breakfast, Rob decided to stick around to help Gary shovel out his driveway and celebrate Hanukkah and what it stood for by not just admiring his muscles, but by putting them to good use for a worthwhile cause as well. We should use our physical moments and our physical elements in life as well for good. Using a physical for spiritual is the idea in this life. It is the right way to go about life in this life. We should be zochot 120 years. We're supposed to elevate the material to the spiritual. Take the physical, elevate it to the spiritual. The Hashemran themselves were brave people. They weren't officially soldiers, but they had the ability to stand up for what's right and stand up to the enemy. They wouldn't allow Judaism to be trampled on. They had the persistence to search high and low for the olive oil to light, even though that itself was a miracle to begin with, and Hashem let it last for eight days. Hanukkah teaches us about light, about the zest for Torah to have the candle of Torah and the flames and passion to do mitzvahs in our hearts. If society around us can go crazy with their holiday fever, decorating their homes without major proper fundamental elements, why can't we? Where's our Hanukkah pride? Where's our flames and games? And where's our staying properly seen in the right element? Where is our Hanukkah spirit? Where is the ability to take joy in our flames, in our wonderful dreidel games and whatnot, in our frame of what we have accomplished over the years? Don't be led astray by the false illusion of the secular decorations that are all around, of a holiday or whatever is out there. Understand and focus on real value. If we could focus on our values, our beliefs, our cultures, we could understand that we can stand up and understand how our Hanukkah can actually be a flame. Fascinatingly, also on official.com, Rav Chaim from Volusion famously said, If the Jews don't make Kiddush, the non Jews will make Havdalah. Meaning, if we don't sanctify ourselves, we sanctify Hashem by keeping ourselves separate from the non Jews, living a life devoted to Hashem, keeping His commandments, Hashem will cause, God forbid, the Goyim to separate us from the culture around us. If we're involved in all aspects of Judaism, especially this time every year, with having wonderful flames, keeping our Hanukkah on fire, keeping ourselves on fire, keeping our Hanukkah aflame, keeping our lives aflame, sanctifying Hashem's name around us, probably explaining this holiday, decorating for the holiday, practicing this holiday, different aspects of our Jewish life, we can do that. We can stand up for our own beliefs. We can stand up and have pride for our own beliefs and understand how Hanukkah go about it. So as we come to the last few days before this wonderful, wonderful holiday of Hanukkah, how can we go about it? How can we make sure to lead up to it? Some simple tips, simple ideas. Instead of buying a 100 things for your spouse this year, I think I'm just going to do one. My wife has been knowing to do this this tip and trip for years. Instead of buying a hundred presents for each kid, 
This year, we're doing just a couple of presents, God willing, that are all shared presents, basically. Hopefully, they'll be okay with sharing things if it leads to fights. So help me, God. So help me, Hashem. But it doesn't have to be a hundred things focusing on the real elements. Maybe activities and things that we do together are more important than the actual physicality of things. Just like, in general, if a kid does a good idea, you don't have to buy him a $100 thing. You could get him a $2 thing, a $3 thing. A lot of times when I do the kid's hair, the nails, even though an activity would be better as a solution, I need something here and now for the positive reinforcement right now. So it's a little $2 thing, a $5 thing, one Lego guy, one little car. We don't have to get them a 100 different presents, but we could be involved in the moment, putting away the phones, focusing on just your kid's Focusing on just your spouse, focusing on the moment, bringing out the piano if you happen to play piano, the guitar, if you play guitar, just being able to sing and dance and be joyous together, doing a craft together. Last year when we did the crafts, it was actually very nice. Playing the dreidel game, even if we use gelt or we use pieces or whatever it may be, to be involved in the game, to be involved in the moment, playing that music, joyously singing together, joyously playing together, joyously doing crafts together, whatever we could do, if we could do it with a smile, that's a way to keep our Hanukkah on fire. That's a way to keep ourselves aflame. And we could carry it over to school oftentimes teachers are excellent at that. I know my wife is excellent at that in her school. And at our kids' school, hopefully they'll have different things they have. Even now, a week before, not even a week before, the days before Hanukkah, they already have a boutique. They already have uh, Hanukkah-themed things, and they have all these different events. You look at your shul, and you look at your school. What are they doing for the holiday? How could you be involved in the holiday? Oftentimes, many times in life, unfortunately, especially in secular society, it's not about the giving enough. It's more about the taking. When we think about different holidays, like the October one, they they reach out to get the candy, and in Purim, Lahavda, Lahavda, we give out the candy, Shalach Manos, to one another. On Hanukkah, it's not just about what can I get as a present, what can I give to others, how can I make the holiday better for others. I love the idea that the local shul is doing a Build-A-Bear thing. What a nice thing. To give to others, there's toy drops all over the place for High Lifeline and, and many different companies, many different organizations, specifically because this time of year it's known that there are many presents and many gifts and many kids can't get the presents. People don't have money or people are sick and they're in the hospital. How much can we make ourselves aflame to make our Hanukkah on fire if we focus on giving, we focus on doing, being present in the moment, interacting with those around us, our kids and our spouses and helping those who are less fortunate, helping those that are battling things. God forbid we should have from such things what can we do to contribute to others to do for others be participating in programs for others doing for others if we think of ourselves to give to others and be involved in giving to outside of ourselves and participating to help the world around us ourselves will be much more aflame so if we could focus on the spiritual aspects on the external aspects instead of the internal aspects we for sure can make our Hanukkah on fire we for sure can make ourselves aflame as we think about the stories and the elements of Hanukkah itself we could make it a Hanukkah that burns bright not just for us but hopefully for the world at large join us next week God willing as we talk part 2 Hanukkah again here on Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.com. I wish everybody a wonderful Freilich and happy Hanukkah from Tani Talks Radio and to the world at large.